everybody welcome to another episode of movie season today we're gonna start our top 100 movies of all time this is our personal um favorite movies of all time this might not necessarily be you know the ones that we think should win the oscar every year but um just movies that hold a special place for us or um or that we just really enjoy so uh the way i came to my list is i just kind of the first like 20 was really easy because I just kind of knew which of those movies were at the top. And then after that, it was really just kind of movies that I preferred movies that I thought that if I had to choose between this one and this one, I would choose this. So um, that's kind of how I came about it. Justin, how did you come to your list? I just, you know, all memory of what I enjoy. So you could just recall it at any moment, any number. I don't know the titles of any of these movies. I just know how they made me feel when, the, oh, when they came out. No, uh, kind of like you. I mean, I will say that, you know, since this is our 100 favorite, these aren't necessarily what I think. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say that X movie is better than these are just move. You know, number one criteria for me was how is it, you know, is it a movie that I revisit a lot that was kind of the yeah. number one thing for me was like how many times do i kind of rewatch the movie um i tried my best to have as many genres as possible in it so anytime it came down to like a tiebreaker i would kind of use that a little bit i tried to get everything in here um it was very difficult to like horror movies for example were very difficult to to rank with like a drama because yeah. I rewatch horror movies way more, you know, so it's like I had to make sure I balanced that out with like, okay, well, at Halloween time, I rewatch a ton of horror movies. I might love this drama movie, but how many times am I really re uh, rewatching it? So, yeah, that's kind of they're just my mo the movies that I, I feel like I quote all the time. I go back to all the time. I think about all the time that every time I rewatch it, it still holds up and still uh, is really good. And as we always talk about my list today. If we did it again next year, there's, you know, aside from a few, there, there's probably some differences everywhere. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get started. Um, I guess I'll go first. My, my number 100 movie of all time is No Country for Old Men. So um, initially I had uh, when I was making this list up until about a week ago, I had Reservoir Dogs there and I was just going back and forth. But. Um, I just think I, I I really like the honestly it comes down to the villain. I mean, um, Javier Bardem in this movie is just like he plays such an insane person without like really you know a lot of times when people play a crazy person they're kind of like all out there and they're just over the top. Um, I, I just love what he does in this movie and Josh Brolin's fantastic. And even Woody Harrelson, you know, just a small bit that he's in. So, um, like you said, dramas are kind of hard. So, um, but I, I thought that if I really had to choose that, I would choose No Country for Old Men over um, the other ones that were right there. Yeah. Uh, no, Country for Old, no Country for Old Men's a fantastic movie. Yeah. And, you know, I'll just leave it at that. That's, I will say that could, that could show up in my rankings as well. Um but just to say a little bit about it now, since it is 100, is to kick off. Th this is one of those ones that I was talking about, like, how many times am I rewatching it? Mm -hmm. um, I don't feel like I rewatch this one a ton, but every time that I do, it it just, uh, there's not there's not much to not like about the movie. It's, it's pretty much near perfect for what the, uh, 
you know, I think it's definitely one of the top movies that's come out in the you know past like fifteen years. Um, 15 well, and years. and one more thing that I want to add is like even the scenes where really nothing's like going on, you know, there's not a ton of action or anything. It it could just be two people talking is like some of the best moments in the movie. You know, like when he goes in that gas station and does the coin flip or whatever. Like that's just an if you're just reading that on the paper, it doesn't seem like a a huge scene or a tons going on but um but yeah i just every time i watch this movie i realize just how good it is and i think it's one of those that can kind of get lost in the shuffle sometimes for people so but number well, 100 the, is one well, the scene in the uh the hotel is, is one of my yeah favorite. oh yeah yeah so good all right everybody's so that's good in it. that's what's so great about it it's Tommy yeah. jones even you know i mean Tommy oh yeah jones you know he's he's kind of I just love his character in this one. So, but yeah, uh, number 100 for me is, um, you know, this is one that I just really, every time I think about it, I get, it makes me happy and it's kind of got everything I like in a movie. It's kind of got the action, the sci-fi, the, uh, the comedy. It was a huge pop cultural event in the nineties. Um, men in black, uh, Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones. We just talked about Tommy Lee Jones. Um, both those actors will probably show up again in my list. Um, but Men in Black, I just think is it's rare that you get like a kind of a popcorn blockbuster movie that kind of is not only good but also entertaining for all ages. I feel like this is a really good like family uh, action adventure sci fi hybrid, and um, I just I've always enjoyed every time it's on. Like I just feel like it, it the pacing is so good on it. There's a lot of good comedy bits in it. There's a uh, really good creature effects. There's really good. Uh, you know, the Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith play off each other really well. And Vincent D'Onfrano is just so bizarre, but so great. So, Yeah, I think uh, sometimes I forget that Vincent D'Onofrio is in it. And he's he's so good as as like the the villain. And, um, and like you said, it's one of those movies that is literally the definition of a popcorn movie. You know, you go there, it's... You experience it in the theaters. Um, it, it's just one of those that you can always put on, and it's going to be enjoyable. You know, you don't have to worry about there are any there's huge lulls in the movie, or there's huge um, areas where you can skip. Like the from the beginning to the end, it's it's just great. So I agree with you on that one. Um, all right, so number ninety nine for me is a dark comedy. Um, it's one of those that the first time I saw it, I wasn't a big fan of it. Um, but it's grown on me more and more each time I watch it, and that's Cable Guy. Uh, so I guess the first time I watched it, I guess maybe I was thinking that it'd be more kind of in line with like Ace Ventura or Dumb and Dumber, like those kind of characters. But this movie is just so it's bizarre, but in a like a realistic way, you know what I mean? Like all the characters are believable and they don't make any of them too out there. I mean, yeah. Uh, Jim Carrey's a little, a little crazy, but he does. I don't feel like he does anything that's like out of you know completely out of bounds. You know what I mean? Like, like I could see someone that has kind of that that mentality doing these things. So, um, and Matthew Broderick is like the perfect guy next to Jim Carrey because he's he's just so like calm and, and kind of, he doesn't try to do too much, which I think a lot of people try to do when they're next to Jim Carrey. But, um, I, I just love this movie. And every time, like this is a movie that I could see being 99 now and then moving up, you know, if we were to do it next year. So, uh, number 99 for me is cable guy. 
Yeah, I love the I love Cable Guy. Um, it's just it's it's definitely one that uh, I think at the time when it came out, having Jim Carrey attached to it, you know, the box office was good. But I think still it was it's one of his more underrated movies because I I think people were like you anticipating it to be something, and then it was something different. And I actually think this was something different in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I think he plays you know Chip Douglas is like such a great character. And uh, Jim Carrey just completely carries the movie. But like you said, Matthew Broderick's great in this. You know, we even got, you know, pre-stardom Jack Black, who has some good bits in it. Um, Some side bits, you know, with Eric Roberts, with Ben Stiller, who directed. Uh, Just all around really good. I I just, you know, that's all I'll say. But it's it's definitely a movie I can go ahead and say will be on my list um, just a little bit later. I won't say that for every movie that comes up that's on my list, but... um, but it'll definitely be on there because I, I definitely think this is one of the more underrated comedies of the 90s. High Fidelity. High Fidelity. I'm not even going to lie. I watched this movie for the first time about four years, maybe like three years ago. And I've rewatched it since. And I really love this movie quite a bit. Um, I really like it. it, it normally, I like the, um, the talking narrator uh, isn't my favorite in, in most cases. But in this one, I really like it. You know, it's based off of a book, and I, I you know, it, it it makes sense for this one. I, I just I just find myself really liking this movie. It's got another Jack Black movie uh, where he's a side character, but he has some really good bits in it. John Cusack's great. Um, it's it kind of reminds me of like a uh, it's like a coming of age adult movie, like an adult coming of age movie, not like a kids coming of age movie, like where you're a teenager and you're trying to figure out what to do with your life after high school. This is more of like you know, a, 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 the adult version of that. And I just kind of like that genre of movie. And um, I don't know. I just really like this movie. It's kind of a comfort movie for me. I can throw it on. And it's just one of those movies that I kind of just think, you know, 90 minute really, you know, has some good funny bits to it, has some heart to it. And I like it. Yeah. I, I really like Jack Black in this. I think he's kind of the best part of this movie. I also really like Tim Robbins as like, yeah, the, yeah Tim Robbins, the new, uh, like hippie kind of boyfriend. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's not one that I come back to a lot, but it is, it is one that, um, it does have some really charming parts in it. And like I said, I think Jack Black's great in this. Um, but again, John Cusack plays well off him too. So, um, well, very cool. All right, number 98 for me is, I think, probably my only Western on the entire uh, list. Western is just not really my thing, um, but that's uh, Tombstone. And I think the reason that Tombstone, for me, is is the best uh, Western movie and, and deserves to be on here is it's just got great performances from top to bottom. Like, everybody on this movie brought their A game. And, you know, Doc Holliday or... Um, Val Kilmer gets a lot of the, you know, a lot of the love when it comes to this movie. And a lot of people talk about his performance, but Kurt Russell was fantastic. Sam Elliott, uh, Powers Booth. Isn't it Powers Booth? Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know his, um, he's Wild Bill. I don't know his he's Wild Bill. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, and then the guy from, uh, Terminator, Michael Bain, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just didn't know if I said his name right, but, um, from just top to bottom, it's just fantastic. It's got Billy Bob Thornton before anybody knew who Billy Bob Thornton was. Um, and I just think it's got the perfect arc. Like it kind of starts off a little slow. And then man, once it starts ramping up, it's just, 
It's re- and it's another one of those movies that you see it on like TNT or TBS all the time. And depending on where it's at, you'll just sit there and finish the whole thing. So uh, number 98 for me is Tombstone. Yeah, I'm a big Tombstone fan. I mean, Val Kilmer, arguably, I'm not saying it's my favorite, but arguably you could say this is his best screen performance. You know, it's like, I don't think there's any other person that could have played uh, Doc Holliday. I mean, I yeah. really don't like that. And it's rare that I say that, but it's true. Like, I don't see anybody else that would have been able to do it. I think he did something really unique and different with it. Kind of like Johnny Depp and Pirates of the Caribbean, how he did something completely different. I don't think that that's how they envisioned Doc Holliday when they were, like, writing the movie. And I feel like Val Kilmer brought a lot of that to the role. Yeah. Um, and it's arguably one of the more memorable roles in Westerns, you know, so... Um, number 98 for me is Father of the Bride, Steve Martin. Um, you know, I, I love Steve Martin. I mean, he's kind of a guy that, uh, I think he just plays the perfect kind of like every man, but has a lot of like, you know, dry humor, uh, a lot of funny stuff that, you know, I, I just think that he's, you know, when I look back on some of the movies that I watched growing up, he was a part of a lot of them. Um, and I just like Father of the Bride. I like the story of it. And as I've said before, um, you know, the fact that it's a movie about fatherhood and it's about like, you know, your kids growing up and stuff. I mean, I was watching this when I was like a teenager and like a kid and I just really still found that really touching and really good. And I didn't even couldn't even relate to it at all. Um, it's, and uh, um, this the comedy, you know, I, 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 I totally went blank, but um, Martin Short, Martin Short, man, I can't believe I couldn't think of his name. Martin Short is like just steals this every scene he's in. He's a scene stealer in this and. Again, I just I just really like it. Diane Keaton's great. It's just again one of those comfort movies that I feel my I, I find myself rewatching. I usually see this about once a year, and I always think it's just a real charmer of a movie. Yeah, it's it's not going to be on my list, but I agree with you. I I think it's a really good um, movie, especially like if you're a dad. I think it's you know, and you have a a daughter. I think this is. I, I don't know how you can be in that situation and not like this movie or find something enjoyable about it. So. Um, I agree with you. I, I think Father of the Bride's a great movie. Um, again, it's just not one of my favorites. Um, all right, so for me, number 97 is a movie that came out, uh, I believe, in 99 or 2000 um, and really kind of revitalized the R-rated comedy. Um, that and you know a couple others, but this one really brought it to the forefront, and that's American Pie. Um I just feel like American Pie now probably I still feel like it holds up um, just as well as it did back then because all the characters are likable and they're relatable. Even Stifler, you know, he's like he's one of those guys that you knew a guy in high school liked Stifler, you know, that was loud, just did a bunch of stupid stuff, but he still found a way to constantly be involved in what you were doing. Um but I, I just think this movie has, I think it, it's one of those high school movies that really captures kind of what it's like to go through those things, you know, for the first time, whether it's graduation, you know, um, getting laid, all that stuff. I, I just think they they do it in a way to where, yes, at times it's um, it's kind of over the top gross humor, but at the same time, they do it in a way that it's also kind of. Like for each character, it's different, you know. For a couple of characters, it's like a really sweet moment, and and for others, it's like a disaster. So um, I, I just really like this movie. I, it's one of those that I'll always find funny anytime that that I watch it. I I 
cannot stop laughing. Um, so yeah, so this had to be on the list. Number 97, American Pie. Yeah, I like American Pie. I think it's good. Um, you know, it's, it's, I, I like, I, I kind of feel like there needs to be a resurgence of these type of movies. I think the comedy genre is kind of in a weird limbo right now. Um, I think that the art rated R comedy, uh, there's been a couple since this has come out, obviously, but you know, this is, this is definitely still raunchy, even by, you know, if you were to watch it today, it's still, you know, a lot of times you go back and you watch movies that were considered raunchy, like in the, 70s or 80s and and modern audiences don't think much this one's still definitely raunchy um eugene levy's great in this yeah uh, just uh, one of those great ones that i can't believe they made so many of them but i'm glad they did because aside from wedding i i, I find myself really enjoying i mean and i don't dislike wedding but i i i just find myself enjoying uh pretty much all four of them i'd say as far as comedy sequels go it's probably the best as far as the quality being there each and every movie. It might not be as good as the original, but there it's not a thing where like rush out, you know, rush hour, rush hour one and two were really good. And then three was awful. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like that really has this. So, so yeah. All righty. Well, number 97 for me is the lost boys. Um, I really like the lost boys. It's just kind of one of those, you know, movies that I just, again, it's got everything I really like in it. It's got a little bit of horror in it. It's got a little bit of uh, coming of age. It's got, you know, there's a little bit of romance in it, a lot of comedy. And it kind of filters between, like, kind of over-the-top ridiculous comedy with, like, the Frog Brothers. And then actually has some genuinely, like, cool kind of scary moments with, like, Kiefer Sutherland and stuff. And, I mean, what's not to like about, I mean... The first five minutes, you know, it's just the carnival setting and just the music, the soundtrack. I just think it's a super 80s movie, definitely a time capsule movie. And, uh, you know, and the saxophone guy, you know, yeah. is, uh, is worth price of admission for a long. But I, I just tend to really like movies like this. It's it's highly rewatchable. Like, I love kind of going back on it and, and, and finding new stuff that I like about it. So... Um, and I kind of got around to this one late a little bit, you know, I, I watched this one for the first time, you know, not so long. It was a ago, few years but, ago, wasn't it? Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I've, I've always seen bits and pieces of it, but I never had sitting down and watched it from start to finish. And I've seen it probably three or four times since then. And I, I just really love it. So Lost Boys number 97. Yeah. The one thing that always kind of, it doesn't drive me crazy, but it's just like, man, that guy was, was willing to risk everything for that girl that he literally just locked eyes with for a couple seconds at a, at a concert. Um, I always find that kind of, you know, kind of funny, but yeah, man, uh, this is one of those that again, I, I think will always hold a special place for people that like it just because there, there's not a ton of movies that do what this movie does and does it this well. You know what I mean? Like there's some that try it and they just can't quite pull it off. But yeah, I, I love Lost Boys. Yeah, I'm just telling you, Jason Patrick is great too in this. Like, yeah. I, you know, again, you know, I, I think out of all the people in the movie, you know, Kiefer Sutherland, um, you know, uh, uh, Corey Feldman, uh, Corey Haim, you know, you got all the these icons of the '80s. I feel like uh, he's he's kind of you know Jason Patrick speaking. He 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 is not talked about as much as like kind of like a staple of like late eighties, early nineties. But if you kind of go back, he's got a ton of really solid movies there and like a decade's worth of work. So Yeah. All right. Number ninety six for me is a biopic. Um probably in my opinion is one of the better ones. 
that I've ever seen, and this is Steve Jobs. Um, Michael Fassbender, Kate Winslet, um, Jeff Daniels, uh, Seth Rogen, which, by the way, I think Seth Rogen is incredible in this movie. Um, I think it's really hard to kind of to kind of have the persona that he has, especially on screen as being like this stoner kind of loser to then playing this role. And again, it's, it's not a huge part of the movie or time wise, but it's, you know, he's in some of the most vital scenes in the entire thing. So, um, but I just think everything's great. The, the performances, I love the way that they have it because they could have structured this movie a hundred different ways, but they chose to do it you know, over three days of these conferences that, that Steve Jobs uh, had. And I think that works perfectly because it shows like the frenetic pace and, and there's just constantly this, this like ticking clock of, okay, they got to be in the, um, they got to be doing this now, you know, they got to be on stage in three minutes and he's about to have a conversation with this person who hasn't talked to in a decade. So um, I just really like this, but this is a movie that, um, that I think is really rewatchable and you pick up on more stuff uh, the more you see it. But, but yeah, so number 96 for me is Steve Jobs. Hey, Justin, your microphone's off. Sorry. Um, yeah, I really like this movie too. Uh, you know, Danny Boy really directs the hell out of this one. Again, pretty much just taking place in like three different locations. I mean, Aaron Sorkin, you know, that's the, he's just such a brilliant writer that he can pretty much make just people sitting in a room feel like really tense and real, just keeps the momentum going like that. And him, him mixed with Danny Boyle, I don't even know if like that was supposed to work as well as it did, but it really did. Uh, so I'm a big fan of that one too. Uh, number 96 for me is Devil Wears Prada. Um, again, man, this is one that when I was thinking about movies that I'm, I'm rewatching a lot, man, I have seen this movie so many times and it comes on tv all the time i just i always find myself watching this one i think it is a fantastic movie i think meryl streep is incredible in this i think anne hathaway emily blunt are great i just love this whole thing it's something i'm not very familiar with like the fashion industry and i just think that it kind of shows the great side of it and the ugly side of it and kind of just shows you know they kind of put a you know a good like you know, it, it kind of has all the elements of like a romantic comedy, like when you're watching it, and it's the furthest thing from that. You know, it, it's it's really quite uh, not a romantic comedy in the slightest. Like, there's definitely some scenes of that, but it's a it's a lot deeper movie. Stanley Tucci's greatness too, by the way. Um, you know, again, just a movie that I'm that I really enjoy, I really love, and I, I see myself rewatching it all the time. And I just think that this for this type of movie to be this good and kind of have the impact it's had says a lot. So. Yeah, I, I like Devil Wears Prada. It's not it's not on um it's not one that I revisit a lot, but I, I see I really do see why people enjoy it so much. And there's some movies that are kinda in the same genre or um or are the same vein that I'm just like, I have no clue why anybody likes this movie. But this one uh has a lot going for it. Um all right, number ninety five for me is uh a high school movie, I think probably does in my opinion the best job of showing kind of what high school life is like and how um how it's basically just 
trying to find your, you know, trying to find your group and trying to, and how people can be easily persuaded based on what a couple people think. And that movie is can't buy me love. Um, this is a movie that, um, this is a movie that for me, it grows on me more and more, the more I watch it because I, I just pick up on the whole idea of, a guy can or someone can go from basically a nobody to the most popular kid in the school based on one person's opinion. And um, I just think the way that they do it to where it's um, one, it's, it's believable, you know, uh, the kind of the way they set up the whole situation. Um, and I, I just think that as the movie progresses, he, he becomes like at the beginning, he's like this really good guy and all this. And then he slowly, but surely becomes this person that like he himself hates and the girl who's, he's trying to win over the whole time. She liked the old guy, you know, but it's this whole thing of like, you know, popularity changes you. And there's just two or three scenes in this movie that are for kind of like a teen rom-com type movie that are really powerful and really good. And that's why it'll, it'll probably always have a place on this list somewhere. Um, but yeah, I, I, I had to put it up there. Can't buy me love is number 95 for me. Yeah, that's a good movie. I, yeah, I like this movie. That's a good one. And this is one that I don't think a lot of people really know about. And it might have, I think it's kind of making a resurgence now that, um, or ever since, uh, what well, I can't think of the guy's name. Patrick Dempsey. Patrick Dempsey. Ever since he, you know, was in Grey's Anatomy and got more and more popular, I think people went back and started watching his older stuff. Yeah. Um, but this movie's, uh, yeah, I love this movie. Yeah, I really like this one too. Um, number ninety-five for me is uh, Remember the Titans. I, I I love Remember the Titans. I think it's a great sports movie. It's uh, it's also a great, you know, civil rights movie. Uh, it's a it's great history movie. I mean, it's, it's one of those movies that you could watch in a classroom. You could watch as a sports team getting ready for a game. Uh, I feel like organizations could show this movie to, uh, to their teams and stuff. Cause it's just a great movie about like coming together, you know, and, and the different hurdles that were going on at the time. And, you know, for it to be a Disney movie and it'd be kind of for the whole family. And they kind of touch on uh, a lot of different um, issues from that time. With, while also being a super entertaining uh, sports movie. And I think that's what I love the most about it is it is it combines both of those. It doesn't put one above the other. They're, they're merged together as both. It's, you know, it's it's not more of a sports movie than it is this movie and, and vice versa. So, um, and I just love it. I think the sports aspect of it is great. I think the human emotion and drama of it's great. I love the, you know, Will Patton and Denzel Washington. Um. The, the cast is just absolutely incredible. I don't know if there's a better cast than all of sports movies. I mean, yeah, I know you could go and look at, like, you know, movies like Major League, you know, all these different ones with A-list guys in it. But just every role in this movie, in my opinion, is perfectly cast. This is like a perfectly cast movie. And I just love it, man. It's, it's so rewatchable. It's so great. The soundtrack is fantastic. And I just love this one, man. I think it's great for the whole family. And so... Uh, you know, this one, this is one, if I redid it, it could probably be a little higher, but, uh, number 94, remember the Titans. Yeah. I think the thing I love most about this movie is it shows like growth 
from just about every character in the movie. You know, every character in the movie kind of has one set way of doing things or thinking. And then throughout the movie, well, just about every, I'm just talking about the main characters, but they change, you know, kind of like Petey, where at the beginning he's kind of, he's really talented, but he doesn't want to listen to anybody or he's, you know, and then it comes around and he's, you know, he's helping his team win. He's, he's kind of learning those lessons and it just goes all the way down the list of, of, uh, kind of that character growth. And I, and I, I agree with you. I think it's one of those that's, that's a sports movie, but it's more than that, you know, and, and it doesn't try to outweigh the sports by having the other stuff and it doesn't try to do it the other way. So yeah, that's a really good pick. Um, and again, I think that's one that just about anybody can sit down and enjoy, especially if they're into sports. Um, Number 94 for me is comedy. It's one of those movies that it's probably not going to be for everybody. Uh, but if it is for you, then you're going to love it. And that is MacGruber. Um, I just, when I start ranking comedies, you know, there's movies that, that as far as like the comedy delivery and stuff, you know, like Cable Guy to me is a more, uh, is a smarter comedy because it has it's a little bit more thinky and and this and that. But sometimes, man, you just want a movie that's just gonna do stupid shit and is just gonna make you laugh. And that's MacGruber. And the fact that they were able to make a two hour movie out of a three hour or a three minute sketch from SNL is is really good because that's really hard to pull off. But um, I just I just love this movie. I think um, I think Will Forte is fantastic and i wish they would do i can't believe that they didn't do a sequel sooner i know they did the tv show which isn't bad um but i did and ryan Phillippe, like whoever would have thought that ryan Phillippe would be that funny and kristen wig and and again val kilmer as you know like the, one of the most insane villains just doing ridiculous stuff um it's just it's just one of those movies that i love watching over and over again and uh, so, yeah, so number 94 for me is MacGruber. Yeah, number 94 for me is um, is Liar Liar. Uh, I just, you know, this is one that I had trouble ranking because, you know, I started looking at like the different Jim Carrey comedies and I started looking at the different, you know, and I know you had one at Cable Guy a little earlier. And I, I just felt like 191 is, or 100, yeah, 191 is kind of where it belonged. Um I did, like I said, this is just one that I rewatch a ton. I think it's I think it's hilarious. I think that you know, depending on if you think Jim Carrey is funny, will depend on your mileage on this one. Uh, if you think Jim Carrey's funny and you enjoy that type of comedy, you'll like it. If not, uh, probably not so much. And it's definitely one that I feel like has gotten funnier over the years I've watched it, and it's been funny. But I just always I just always find myself laughing every time I watch it. And that's very difficult for a comedy to do. Like after a few watches of a comedy, you know, not the same scenes hit as hard every time, but these have got some really memorable scenes in it. And I just like the story line of the whole thing. And uh, again, this is one that would, you know, that, that depending on the mood I'm in could, could make the list could be off the list. But, uh, but as of right now, I just, it's, it's one of Jim Carrey's better movies in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with that. And I also, uh, I think Carrie Ells is really good too, is like the new boyfriend trying to, trying to, you know, fill all of the spots that Jim Carrey has been coming up short as far as being a dad and a husband and all that. And they make it to where he's not like an evil guy 
you know, he's just, he's a good guy. Um, but he's just corny as hell. And, uh, yeah. Uh, but I think he plays that role perfectly. But yeah, Lara Lara's great. Um, and I agree with you. It's probably in the top, you know, three, four of of uh, Jim Carrey movies for me. Um, all right, number ninety three is another comedy for me. Um, and this is one that it's probably held such a high uh, bar for me because I, I still remember the first time we went and saw it. Um, it was around my birthday, and uh, me, you, and some friends of mine, we all just went one day went and ate lunch and then went and saw the movie and we just died laughing and uh it's one of those that me and you we still talk about today uh we still quote and um it's very rare for a for a comedy sequel to be better than the original but in this case i think this one's better than the original um and i, I just love it um I, I i there's so many scenes that I think of especially you know bringing in um, Rob Corddry. What what what's the you didn't even say the movie? Oh, <laughs> uh, Harold and Kumar escape from Guantanamo Bay. My bad. I thought you were building up to, it, but then when you started, going oh, I the didn't. Characters... Well, I didn't know that. I, that's my bad. Um, no, that's fine. I just, I just got was... so excited about it. But yeah, yeah, Harold and Kumar escape from Guantanamo Bay. Um, I just again, man. They have they do a really good job of bringing in these side characters that add so much to it. I think they overdo the Neil Patrick Harris thing a little bit, and I think that's what got him in trouble on the third one. But uh, again, I, I love this movie. Uh, it's never a movie that I have to worry about liking when I put it in. I'm always going to laugh, always going to think it's great. So uh, number 93 for me is Harold and Kumar Escape from Guantanamo Bay. Yeah, this is a hilarious movie. I, I really like this one, too. Um, this one's not on my list, but it's one that I definitely love and continue. You know, 100, you know, it seems like a lot, but it's really not. you got to really no. make choices. But, um, but yeah, I mean, everything you said times two, I, I just, I find myself, every time I watch this, I'm laughing really hard. And I just, it's just, you know, if they could have, if they could have made the Harold and Kumar Christmas one, the third one, really solid like the first two, this could be one of the great trilogies, you know. But uh, the third one just didn't do it for me either. So, yeah. uh, but the first two were just great, great comedies. Um, number ninety three for me is we're going back to the eighties. Um, we're going with Footloose. Um, you know, this is one that I just, you know, again, I don't even know if I want to call it a guilty pleasure movie because I really don't feel much guilt enjoying it. But I just really like it a lot. And it's weird. Like, when I was watching it as a kid, I thought, it, you know, it's weird as I've gotten older and, I, and the movie's gotten older, you know. It, it's almost like I've, I've become more invested into it. I, I like it even more now. Now, there's some terrible scenes in this, like awful, you know, just scenes that are very cringy that I have to almost skip. But the really good scenes in this movie are really good. And pretty much any time Kevin Bacon's on screen is when it's really good. Um, when he's not on screen, not so much. But, yeah, John, uh, Lith John Lithgow's really good in this too. Yeah, he's good, but he he's a part of some of the scenes that, you know, again, I think it drags in little areas. Um, I, you know, I, I would say out of all the movies I have on nine, uh, 100 through 91, uh, I can, I'll, just be the first to say that I definitely have a few scenes that I'm not like huge fans of, but like the scene alone where he's dancing in the, uh, the barn or whatever the hell that is, where he's like mad dancing. is just iconic. Um, 
I, I just love it. The soundtrack's great, man. The story's great. It's so eighties. I'm just a, a huge fan of it. It's 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 a happy movie for me. Where I where every time I watch it, I'm just like finding myself, you know, tapping the old tapping my foot, you know, tapping my foot to the to the beat. Um, and again, Kevin Bacon just is. I don't think we appreciate Kevin Bacon enough. I think he. You know, we got that six degrees of Kevin Bacon. We know Kevin Bacon; he's great. But like, I, I really don't think we appreciate him enough as like how good of an actor he is, and how he is attached to a lot of like great movies that have still, you know, are relevant and still get talked about within the pop culture realm. So, uh, yeah, Footloose number ninety-three. Yeah, and I think the thing with Kevin Bacon is a lot of times people think, oh, well, he was a huge star in the eighties. But then he fell off. Well, so what? Like, not everybody's going to be at that pinnacle forever, you know, just because they were one of the most popular stars in Hollywood. And then they're, I mean, he's been an A-lister for, what, 40 years? I mean, and I agree with you. I, I think I think we kind of forget just how good of an actor he is because he has played in some of these um, kind of, you know, just movies that aren't looked upon as, like, great acting performance. And again, it's not his fault because he does a good job in them. But you know what Kevin but, Bacon needs? He needs what Michael Keaton got. Like Michael Keaton is incredible, and then his career was kind of in a lull, and then he got attached to, um, you know, I think he did the voice of Ken in Toy Story. Then he was obviously the villain in a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like Kevin Bacon just needs to, you know, he did X Men. You know, he was the villain in X Men First Class. He was great in that. He yeah, was that's so what I'm good in that. You know, I, I think that he has done some really good stuff. Like later, he he had a little bit of a lull there, I guess, but uh, he he's he's been doing great stuff. Mystic River, that you know, yeah, all these different ones. Um, yeah. you know, I'm just a huge fan of Footloose. You you like it? I like Footloose, but I'm like you. There are there are some parts that I have to completely skip. And to this day, the fact that all of those kids have never danced before, but they're all you know uh, professional dancers. In the again, I know it's a movie, but the you music know. was in them the whole time, though. Yeah, it? and the music's great. The music helps. So, um, and the tractors, but, the uh, playing chicken with the tractors. Oh yeah, is top notch. Yeah. Um, number ninety two for me is a nineties movie, action movie, and a, a kind of a movie that I feel like they don't release in theaters very often now because it's just not something that is going to make a huge amount of money. Um, but two great performances. This movie's blown away. Um, Jeff Bridges and Tommy Lee Jones, and it's fantastic. I mean, it is so like I've seen this movie probably eight to ten times, and it's still uh, suspenseful for me. Even though I know how everything plays out, uh, there's a couple of scenes where they're like diffusing bombs, or they're, or you might think there's a bomb somewhere, and it the way that they film it, I've never seen it filmed like that before. And it makes you feel like you're in the room with those people. Uh, Forrest Whitaker's in this. He's great too. Um, it's just a great movie. And, and it's a movie that we talk about now that I wish they would still make in Hollywood. I feel like these things kind of, you know, if they get made at all, they go straight to streaming or they, um, or they'll do like a series, you know, they'll do a, a eight episode mini series or something, but I love movies like this. And I feel like the nineties was, had the pinnacle of these type of movies. So, um, so yeah, number 92 for me is blown away. Yeah. Blown away is great. I really like that one. Um, you know, again, I, I have a, a few of the movies you're talking about definitely in my list. I think that's a great, 
I love that genre of movie, you know, like mm-hmm. the action 90s, the 90s action thriller type genre where they were making like those movies for adults to go see in theaters. Um, stuff like that today, like a, like I've said previously, uh, would, would be like a limited series now. They'd make Blown Away as like a limited series or a television series. Um, and that's kind of, you know, I hate that because that, that this these movies that we kind of are talking about, I, I feel like they need more of those in the theaters. But um, number 92 for me is Urban Legend. Um, this is the first horror movie on my list. Again, this is probably the hardest, uh, horror was the hardest thing for me to kind of rate. Cause it's just, it's a genre that I really love that I can make a top 100 out of that alone. So it's hard to kind of like, you know, compare that to footloose, but. Well, and it's one of those things where, how do you compare it? You know, do you compare it on how scary it is or do you compare it on, you know, cause there's some movies that are kind of considered horror movies that aren't really horror they're like more like horror comedies you know so how do you rate yeah. the, so it, i i agree with you it's a very tough uh kind of balancing act the thing i love about urban legend is it's like a uh it's like a final destination meets slasher movie because it's a slasher movie in the type of movie it is but the deaths aren't just getting slashed like you're not just getting stabbed you know um, the urban you're kind of anticipating the next urban legend death, kind of like you anticipate the deaths in Final Destination, and that's what I really love. I love the kind of fusion of those two things, and um, you know, it, again, just a, just another movie that I really go back to. It's got it's got tons of rewatchability in it. I think all the actors in this are just top notch. The direction is great. Um, this is just a really good movie. I mean, I want to say like it's a really good horror movie it's a really good movie period like i really enjoy this one like there's not there's not much negatively i can say about it um it keeps you guessing the reveal is really satisfying uh just the whole setting of the movie like on the college town like it's a little bit it's just a tad enough different from kind of the high school setting to make it feel like it's new and fresh and uh i don't know man i just i just always go back to this and this is one that i rewatch like at least once a lot of times twice a year and i just really love it yeah, I think it's one of those that had the that was unfortunate in that it came out the same time as Scream and I know what you did last summer and a lot of these other ones that it kind of got, you know, shoved to the back. But I other than Scream, I, I think Urban Legend is the best of these kind of like teen um slasher movies. And I, I don't consider Final Destination a slasher, but I get what you're saying. I, I think they do have similar um kind of feeling in them. Um but yeah, I, I agree with you. I love Urban Legend. Um, it didn't make my list, but it was one that I was constantly thinking, like, man, I, can I put Urban Legend on here? And I just, yeah, it would probably be like in the one one hundred one to one hundred five range because I, I really like Urban Legend. Yeah. Um. All right. So number ninety one for me is a movie that um, I actually introduced to Justin a few years ago. One of my favorite actors of all time, Kurt Russell. It's Big Trouble in Little China. Um, the thing I love about it is just how it kind of ramps up and how weird it is. It kind of starts off as like, um, you know, just, Hey, this guy's going with his friend to pick up this girl at the airport. Oh, okay. She gets kidnapped. Okay. Oh, they're going down this, down this alleyway meeting these ninjas that are fighting to the death. And then it just starts getting just out of control. And it's one of those that if you think too hard about it, you'll, I, I think you could probably, um, decide that it's not for you, but if you just kind of let yourself go for the ride, I, 
I, I think it's fantastic. And um, a lot of the special effects and stuff, uh, you know, it's John Carpenter, so you know it's going to be good. But I saw that movie, I guess, a few months ago, and it still looks great. I mean, a lot of the stuff now, yeah, that like floating head looks kind of dumb, but everything else is great in my opinion. So, um, so yeah, I, I love this movie. Honestly, if I was to do it again, um, you know, in like a week or two, this could easily be in the top 80, 70, maybe. But, uh, but yeah, I just, I really enjoy Kurt Russell and John Carpenter. So when you put them together, that's. Yeah, I, I like this one. Um, I, I can't believe it took me so long to actually watch it from, I don't, <laughs> I don't know why, cause I'm a big John Carpenter fan and I like a lot of his movies and there is John Carpenter on my list. Um, this one didn't make my list cause I like it. I don't love it, but it is, it's, it's extremely entertaining. And the thing I love about John Carpenter and it's like his. It's like right around the time of his birthday. It's either today or yesterday. But anyway, mm. um, I saw that on Twitter. Uh, the thing I really like about John Carpenter as a director is he, I really feel like he is, he, he just makes the movies that he wants to watch, that he likes, that he wanted to make. I never felt once until you got late in his career um, that he ever did a movie that he didn't want to do. You know, he didn't just do like a, he wasn't like a hired gun type of director. You know, he just, his movies feel so much like a Carpenter movie. A lot of that has to do with the score. He he composes a lot of his, his, uh, the scores on his movies, but I, that's, that takes a lot of, uh, of talent and a lot of, you know, confidence to make the movies he's made, you know, and this is definitely one of the weirder ones. But it, but it, it's still in the pop cultural pop cultural zeitgeist. You know, people still are still referencing it, which is crazy for how bizarre it is. It's definitely a cult classic. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot to love on it. Um, again, I really like it. Uh, not not my favorite Carpenter by any means, but definitely a, you know if you're doing like a Carpenter movie marathon, uh, this is definitely one, but I will say if you're trying to introduce somebody to Carpenter for the, like, say Carpenter's a director you really love and you're trying to get a friend into it, you, this might not be the one you start no, with. This is not the one start, I would start with. I'd probably start with maybe a couple of different ones and then go into this one because this yeah. one is definitely an acquired <clears throat> taste, but I do feel like it's one that the more you watch it, the more you like it. Yeah. Cause it's not as weird the third or fourth time you watch it. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. And I think kinda, the first time you're watching it, there's just sensory over. You're just like, what? like there's so much going on. And then the yeah. same time you watch it, you're like, Oh, okay. I see what they're trying to do. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. And Jack Burton is just such a great character. So, like I said, a lot yeah. of that's Kurt Russell, but I, I just love that character, man. He's just so cool. The beginning of the movie, he's talking philosophically into the, you know, the, the big rig, you know, walkie talkie or whatever. So yeah, that, that's such a bizarre movie. And I really like it too. All right, so what's your number, oh, number 91? Number 91 for me is Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Eleven, Steven Soderbergh. I mean, obviously, I, know, I mean, again, I know that it's a remake, but I'm talking about the Steven Soderbergh version with Clooney and Pitt, Damon. Again, man, I, th this movie's such an A-lister movie, like so many A-list actors in it just looking like they're having an absolute blast. And a lot of times when you get that happening – Sometimes you don't get a great movie because they're having so much fun on set that they forget that they're supposed to make a great movie. They make a great movie here. And I love the whole trilogy. This is my favorite of the trilogy, though. Um, and I just think it's a near perfect movie. And I think it's the like a perfect heist movie. Like if you're really in the heist movies, 
and you want a little bit of comedy in your house movie, like this movie is just so cool. It's got a lot of surprises. It's always, you know, I, and you know, we've talked about this before, but it, you know, a thing that I always say is like the audience, you know, as a filmmaker, you want the audience to almost be smarter than the movie. Like you want the audience to kind of figure stuff out right before it's revealed. This movie kind of turns that on its head. Like it's, it's always a step ahead of you, but that's the cool thing about it. It's like you, it, it stays so much in the, um, just when you think like you kind of figure out like how they're pulling off this different stuff, it does like a flashback or it does like a cut to something and it kind of shows you. And then everybody has a chance to shine. And I only mentioned the three big actors, but I mean, across the board, the cast is just phenomenal in it. And um, just a movie that I rewatch every time it's on, no matter what part of the movie it's on, I find myself watching it to the end. So, yeah, this movie actually came on, um, I guess it was Saturday. I was waiting for the um, college basketball games to start. And I just sat there and, and just started watching it and for, and then kind of forgot you know, because I was like, oh, all right, I'm going to watch it until the game starts. And then I ended up watching the whole movie just about and then flipping over the game uh, after it already started for like, you know, 30 minutes. So, uh, but yeah, and then they do these little things where it's um, like when they're first meeting in the house, all of them together. And he said in the older guy, I can't remember his name, but he says, uh, he says, so you you're expecting us to do all this and then just walk out the front door with the money. And George Clooney's like, yeah. And that's literally what they do, you know? So they do these things where it's like you said, they're, they're smarter than the audience, but it doesn't annoy you. It's one of those things where it's like, Oh, on a second or third viewing, you're like, okay, they were, they were setting that up to, you know, they knew the plan the whole time. So, um, so yeah, this is, uh, this is one of those movies that a lot of times they try to make these movies where it has a ton of A-list talent in it. And it almost always fails it just never works they they don't find a way to include everyone or or do everything in a tight manner and i feel like this movie does it perfectly so a uh, very good pick on that one so uh, all right well that's our number 100 through 91 and we'll we're gonna be counting them all the way down to number one so uh let us know what movies you agree with which ones you think should be higher and we'll see you next time